Hey guys, welcome back to the Physique Development Podcast. And today we have on a special guest, Coach Courtney. Good morning. Hello. And we're going to talk about something really fun a mental within your fitness journey and how you can see the best results possible. Yeah. So I'm so happy to be here as always, Sue. And the main message I want to get across today is there is more to your health and your body composition than how much you eat on a given day or how many hours you spend in a gym each week. And the people who take a more comprehensive approach to their health and fitness journey see better results and sustain those results for longer, and they feel better. So they're able to show up better in all areas of life. And in my opinion, one of the biggest benefits of hiring a good coach is that we can simplify what is worth your time and energy and then help you learn how to gradually master these quote unquote fundamentals to take control of your health and your life in a whole new way. And these fundamental components of a sustainable, healthy lifestyle will, as Sue alluded to, literally fund your journey and kind of pave the way toward achieving really big results, both aesthetically with your external physique, but also with your internal health. And learning and mastering these fundamentals is also honestly an efficiency play where you can kind of cut out the noise, eliminate the distractions, zoom in on those fundamentals, and then ideally just pick one at a time, gradually learn to master it, weave it into your daily and weekly routines, And then before you know it, step-by-step, you can substantially evolve your lifestyle to support your health and your goals long-term. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Courtney and I have had a number of conversations on just how these aspects are so important. And these are the ones that truly move the needle forward and keep the needle forward when you're working towards a goal, whether it is aesthetically or just wanting to feel better. That's a lot of the calls that I get on with potential clients is people saying, I just want to feel comfortable in my skin. I just want to feel good. I just want to be healthy. And so being able to focus Focus on these will fund that health and your health is your wealth. So we always want to pay attention to that. And within a a coach, I love Courtney saying quiet the noise. That's something I say a lot is just we want to be able to make it so you know what path to follow. So you're not wasting your time on different things. And when you're looking at anything that you do in life, you likely hire a professional to help you do it instead of you having to learn how to do it. For example, we just had a problem with our HVAC system. I personally did not try to just look up how to fix an HVAC system. I called a professional and had them help me because I knew that would happen a lot quicker than me sitting there trying to learn the intricacies of an HVAC system, which I have never learned that a day in my life. So we want to be able to help you and guide you. And we want to be able to teach you as well on that journey so you can sustain those results. And just naturally, if you really focus on these habits that make it a lifestyle, it is going to be sustainable. Exactly. So 
I want to spend just a couple seconds here sharing the fundamentals that I so often see underutilized or underacknowledged. And I'll kind of bullet them right now, but we will take a deep dive and explain more about <clears throat> what these fundamentals are, how we recognize when they might be a focus area for a new client, and what we can do to uh, master the fundamentals. So here is my bulleted list. Number one, nutrient density. Number two, fiber intake. Number three, water intake. Digestive health is number four. Daily movement or your NEAT, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Uh, parasympathetic activity is another big one. Recovery from training. Time in the sun, good old vitamin D. Um, time management, stress management, sleep quality and quantity. Your menstrual health for your women. Um, intentional weight training or resistance training with progressive overload, and then having performance-related goals. And you might listen to that list and be like, those are not very sexy, Courtney. <laughs> they might seem a little boring, and I understand that. But this is the secret sauce, okay? This is the real deal. And these things paired with adequate food quantity are going to move the needle if you do them well, and if you do them consistently for months and years. But I will say straight up, these are the things that we focus on as coaches with all of our clients at Physique Development. And not only do we focus on these with all of our clients, we as coaches focus on these ourselves. And so if you look at any of the coaches on physique development and you're like, wow, I want to look like them or I want to achieve those results, of course, you're never going to look like somebody else. But if you want to have either the mindset or the path that we take, it is going to be through focusing on these fundamentals. And I, I get it exactly what Courtney said. They don't sound sexy. They don't sound fun. And I remember when I first started my fitness journey, the amount of people who gave me such simple good advice that I was just kind of like, uh, no, like what is the secret answer? What do I need to do? What's the magic pill? What's the regimen? And I was being told like, focus on quality food, focus on getting outside, focus on this. And they didn't seem like that would make a change because especially in this world, in this fast-paced world, and in this instant world, we want everything right away. And doing something that might need consistency to see the result or doing something that doesn't sound fun or glamorous can sometimes put us off and just be like, Something where you're like, I don't want to go take a walk. I want to lose 50 pounds. And I get that. But to be able to lose those 50 pounds and do it in a way that you can keep that weight off instead of just losing it. And like Courtney said at the beginning, it's an efficiency game when it comes to having a coach. And by putting these into play, because I can tell you, as someone who has been in the fitness world for quite some time, as well as someone who's just been in the world and lived and experienced different mindsets towards exercise and fitness, I literally used to make fun of people that were super healthy because I was just like, no one actually feels that way or that doesn't actually make them feel better. And I have been on that side of the spectrum and thought that these things don't move it forward. And after all 
of the experience and certifications I've gotten, it comes down to this core group of things to focus on. And it's the things that I preach to people time and time again when they say, oh, I really need to lose weight. I'm going to do this, this, and this. I'm like, hey, have you gotten outside? Have you focused on getting you know, some steps in, some movement in? Have you focused on any of these factors here that are truly going to help you feel better, perform better, look better, and stay better, which we always want. Exactly. It's doing the ordinary to become extraordinary. Mm -hmm. It's a cheesy and old phrase, but (laughs) it is absolutely true. And I have said that to many clients as well. But I mentioned there is so much noise out there um, in this industry as well. And you see it on social media, you see it on YouTube, you hear it from different people. Everyone has like different opinions or um, different things they swear by. Um, And I think there are several things receiving more attention than they probably deserve. So these things are either, to be honest, either straight up inaccurate or they are misconstrued without proper context or they're like peripheral measures. So there are things toward the top of the pyramid that we shouldn't spend energy on until the base components of our pyramid are rock solid. So to give some examples, um, things that receive more attention than they deserve, (laughs) extreme fad diets that eliminate entire food groups or drastically restrict caloric intake, exercise routines or classes that always emphasize cardio or aerobic training over resistance training, being hyper fixated on the scale and getting discouraged by mild fluctuations, trying to fast or start and stop eating at arbitrary times throughout the day, hacking your diet with sugar-free or low-fat food products, trying to, quote, confuse your muscles in the gym, Um, copying someone else's exact exercise routine or diet because it seems to be working for them, spending lots of money on lots of supplements, Worrying about the number of calories burned according to your watch. Living in a more is more mindset when it comes to how often and how hard to work out. Chasing soreness after workouts or skipping meals and trying to eat as little as possible. And I'm sure there are probably more, uh, but these are some of the big ones that I see a lot. And I will be the first one to say I've been distracted by these things myself in the past, and I have had my own long fitness journey that will continue for years, but I have been in a position where I've invested time or money or energy into these things because I thought they were necessary to get the results that I wanted. And today, time and time again, I have clients come to me with questions around these topics um, because there is so much misinformation online that easily persuades consumers that these are the right things to focus on or invest in. But I will say, big picture, none of these things I just mentioned are absolutely critical to driving the type of results that you want to achieve if those fundamentals that we listed are not locked down. And here's the kicker, uh, most of these things won't make you necessarily feel better either. Yes. And when we talk about like the they're getting so much more attention than we think that they deserve a big part of that and this was something that was kind of like a break in the glass ceiling or the glass shattering moment for me is the diet industry is a billion dollar industry and why would they want you to learn about how to eat and how to get sustainable results when they can continue to make money off of you they're 
business isn't built off of success. It's built off of failure and being able to sell you the next thing in line. And so being able to get burst out of that diet industry and really bursting into the you industry and figuring out what works for you and nailing down some of these things is going to make the diet industry mad, but it's going to make you very happy because you're going to be able to get what you want out of it. So that that glass shattering moment was recognizing, hey, this is a business and people want to make money when it comes to the billion dollar diet industry. And they don't want you to learn for yourself. So truly being able to take time and get out of that perpetual cycle of what's being sold to you next. Are you wanting to hire the last coach you will ever need? Well, look no further. Physique Development is here to help you. We have a huge emphasis on knowledge and communication and making sure you know how to get yourself in the best position so you never have to hire another coach again. If this sounds great to you, then go ahead and fill out the inquiry link in the show notes or the description box, and we would love to get on a call with you. And that's exactly what I mean when I say These are things that help you take control of your life in a whole new way. Everything that Sue articulated is spot on. And having this knowledge and like the tools that we can kind of equip you with as a coach will set you up for success for your life. Like you're not going to lose the information or the knowledge or the skills if you have practice and consistency. So um, that is why coaching can be so dang impactful among other reasons. Um, But I want to dive into the fundamentals I mentioned earlier, as promised, just talking about what they involve and then when we as coaches recognize that they might be a focus area for a client. So first one, nutrient density. Basically, here we're asking, are you getting enough of all three macronutrients, proteins, fats, and carbs, and just as importantly, enough micronutrients, which are things like vitamins, minerals, zoochemicals and phytochemicals on a daily basis. Now, this might be a focus area for a client if someone comes to us eating maybe 50% or more of their meals from highly processed foods or maybe fast food or fast casual food, and they lack an emphasis on whole minimally processed foods. So to an earlier point, food quality matters just as much as food quantity. Another fundamental that pairs really nicely with this first one is our fiber intake. And essentially we're asking, are you getting enough fiber from whole foods on a daily basis? And so what I mean by that is a lot of people may take a fiber supplement and think that this is helping them reach their fiber goal, but fiber from whole food sources is far superior than fiber in a supplement form. And if you're eating enough produce on a daily basis, you're going to be getting enough fiber to support healthy digestion, um, among many other things. So this would be a focus area for a client if they're eating less than 10 to 14 grams of fiber per 1,000 calories that they're consuming, or if they come to us and they're reliant on a fiber supplement. Another big fundamental, straightforward here, not sexy, but important, water intake. Are you drinking enough water to hydrate, to fuel your bodily processes, and to sustain your energy? So this is a focus area when our clients are maybe drinking less than 80 to 100 ounces of water per day. Now, you might hear that and be like, oh, that's not a big deal. Um, But you might also hear that and think that is so much dang water, like maybe I have 30 ounces per day. Uh, If that's you, you're not alone. And a lot of my clients have come to me in a similar position. Um, And what I'll share like as a little key or a, a 
bonus tip is when you're trying to increase your water intake, think about how to spread that out throughout the day. And um, one of the biggest ways to kick this off and set yourself up for success is getting a good amount of water in the morning, like 20 or 30 ounces to start your day because you need to hydrate after sleep and then drinking a lot of water um, in the beginning the morning uh, before you're like eating a lot of food helps kick off your digestion as well. So as a little tip, you can try having 20 or 30 ounces of water before you have your caffeinated beverage of choice. <laughs> yes. A wonderful tip because I know how easy it is to just get started straight with the coffee. Uh, but water, as much as you have heard, it's important. It really is important and it does make a difference. There's even been times where I've been like having a weird lull in the middle of the day energy wise. And I'm like, what's causing that? And I realized like I'm a little bit behind on my water today. I need to get some water in. And I truly do get energy from that of being able to have that in place because it is necessary for survival. So that's always an <laughs> added bonus too. <laughs> Yeah, just a nice sidebar. But um, another big fundamental is your digestive health. So are you in tune with how you actually feel after you eat? Are you digesting your foods okay? Is your body actually absorbing the nutrients from the foods? Are you going to the bathroom a healthy number of times each day? Do you ever experience adverse symptoms after eating? Um, a lot of these questions will ask new clients and sometimes people really aren't aware or haven't really taken inventory of how they feel um, during or after a meal, like in their stomach. And this could be a focus area for a client when they might feel like significant bloating or gas, maybe nausea or pain after eating. Um, perhaps if they have irregular bowel movements. And what we want is one to three easy to pass BMs each day, but lots of people come to find out do not have that experience. And I know like Sue has had her own journey um, with her digestive health and there has been so much unlocked as she's learned all about her system, but it has served her in how to support other clients who have digestive issues. And all of us coaches as well have had unique experiences understanding what our bodies can tolerate and maybe some food intolerances that don't work well with our system. So it's a bit of an experiment, um, but our digestive health is critical, not only in feeling better on a day-to-day -day basis, but also like with our ability to get the benefit from the food that we're eating, because we're not necessarily, we are what we eat, we're, we are what we digest. And essentially like you can eat something, but if your body and your digestive tract is not like working properly, you might not actually get all the vitamins and minerals and nutrients that you need from that food. And it's just essentially passing right through you. Yeah. And as Courtney mentioned, my own digestive issues, she also said it depends on how you, um, feel, but also how you look and how you perform, because there's there have been times where my digestive system has not been running smoothly, and my look to my physique is completely different, and how I feel in my physique and how I'm able to function on a day-to-day -day basis. I know that I might be personally a little bit more passionate about this just because of my past and just because of everything with my gut as a whole that I've experienced, so I've seen the bad side of it, and I've seen the good side, and I'm like, I never want to go back to that bad side. And something I'm not sure if I've like 
specifically addressed is I had really bad depression when I was in college. And during that time was when my digestive system was the absolute worst. And Alex and I have had a lot of conversations about the changes of me as a person from when I was in college. But I always mention, I think one big part of where my head was at in college is that I felt awful all the time because of my digestion. And there is a gut brain axis and like improving your digestion can improve your mood. And there also can be links to depression within digestive health. So I, I'm not going to sit here and be like, fix your digestion and all of your depression will go away. But I will say it could be a factor and it is worth looking into. And to me, that's just like another light bulb moment of like, all of this is connected. All of these things are tied and there's a beautiful snowball effect. Like when you start to focus on these fundamentals, you will notice so much momentum and positive change in other um, aspects of your health and in your life in general. Mm -hmm. All right. Another good fundamental, which we are all passionate about here at PD, your daily movement or your NEAT. So, or your hot girl walks. Your hot girl walks. Yes, that's been trending on our Slack channel. <laughs> Are you getting enough general movement each day separate from like your weight training or your exercise? And this is so important because there's something called your TDE, your total daily energy expenditure. And when you think about your total daily energy expenditure, that's a long phrase for how much energy you burn or essentially how much how many calories you burn on a daily basis. And our NEAT, our daily movement, has a significant impact on how much energy that we expend, aka how many calories we burn. So you have your BMR that takes up the largest percentage, like the calories your body's burn, your body burns, uh, like keeping you alive subconsciously, blinking, breathing, pumping blood. Then you have the thermic effect of food. This is how much or how many calories, how much energy you expend when your body is digesting food. Like once it's in your mouth and then your body's processing it and assimilating those nutrients, that burns a lot of energy. And then third is our NEAT, how much movement we get on a daily basis. At the very top and the smallest percentage, generally speaking, is our exercise activity or how many calories we burn during exercise. So this is why our NEAT can be so impactful. And this is why we put a some sort of like movement goal in place for many of our clients who maybe have a sedentary job or they work remote and they're not really moving around much outside of their like time lifting weights if they are lifting weights. Um, and so for many of my clients, I can say, depending on their circumstances, sometimes we have a steps goal. And like myself personally, when I was working in my corporate job um, and before I became aware of my lack of meat, I would literally get less than a thousand steps per day. And yes, I was weight training four days a week-ish. This was a year and a half ago, two years ago. Um, I was not moving my body and I felt lulls in my energy and just like didn't feel as good as I could have. And I didn't know that at the time. Um, but actually then I started working with Sue and she was like, let's get you moving. And I had been doing like incline walking at a moderate intensity a few times a week. So we dropped that and we're just like, let's just get you walking outside, take it like a leisurely stroll, get some fresh air and let's try and walk 6,000 steps per day. And some people might listen to this and be like, that's a lot. But you also might listen to this and be like, that is not much. But for me, <laughs> 
that was a lot of movement. It was, you know, six times what I had been getting prior. And it took consistent effort to like, especially because we started this in the winter, to get my butt outside and like walk around. Um, and it felt like more effort at first, but after like, I don't know, five or six weeks, I started to like crave that movement and actually like, it like look forward to me just moving my body in that way. Now it's very easy for me to to hit 6,000 steps and it doesn't feel as like taxing as it once did. Um, so anyway, just an anecdotal example of how powerful meat can be. I absolutely love that and love to hear that. It was such a good implementation. (laughs) I am personally very passionate about steps and it honestly came about in this past. I've, I've always loved going on walks in general, but I will say that throughout the past improvement season, I had a step goal in place constantly. And when people get into, um, like times when they're in improvement seasons or even when they're in prep and they're doing a lot of cardio, they end up just not moving the rest of the day. And so we would have to drop my food and I would be tired. So I'd move less in the past. And then we'd be like, well, we just dropped your food. Why didn't your weight move? And then we realized like, oh, because you're not moving as much. So we would make a change because you can create a deficit with either lowering food or increasing cardio. We lowered food and then I subconsciously lowered cardio because I lowered my knee. And then I just wasn't in that deficit. And so that was a huge focus. And then I started started to learn a lot more about just the benefits of moving, how good it is for your digestion as well, how good it is for your recovery. If you just train and you really don't move outside of that, then that can really have your DOMS be extremely bad or just have more soreness as a whole. And if you are working a remote job or an office job, if you have fluorescent lighting for us, if I can talk, fluorescent lighting all day isn't great for you. And so getting outside, getting in the sun is really great. And then staring at your computer screen all day isn't great for you. So getting outside, getting away from that. So I am going to go ahead and pair that in with another fundamental we talked about, which is time in the sun and being able to get outside. And I'm extremely passionate about this as well. There are so many benefits even all through the winter. I also was trying to get outside and get my walks in, not only for myself, but for my doggos who love them so dearly. (laughs) But it was like challenging in the winter of like, it's freezing, I have to bundle up. And but it was so it was still giving me so much benefit during that time that I should have hated it. And sometimes I did, I'll be honest, it was cold. (laughs) Um, But being out in the sun is going to help your circadian rhythm, it's going to improve your sleep quality, especially if you do time your walks to some be in the like around sunrise, sunset, or just in the morning and evening can be really great for your circadian rhythm them. It's also going to help within your energy, your mood. It is going to improve your hormones. It's going to help with getting your vitamin D up. It's also going to help with your focus, your productivity, your psychological well-being, and you're going to be able to get more done and just be happier in general. I can bet that there's a huge percentage of people that just are not getting vitamin D enough at all. And so 
then those people might not even be aware. So they're likely not taking a vitamin D supplement on top of never getting outside. And that can very much so change how you feel. Again, I'm going to circle back to depression because there are research studies talking about like getting in the sun. I mean, there's seasonal affective disorder um, or seasonal affective depression um, and how red light therapy can help and just getting in natural sunlight is so beneficial for you. And I know we we don't all live in places that that's always doable, but I cannot stress enough that it's important to make the effort to try, but get up, get moving, get in the sun, and this is going to greatly improve your quality of life. Preach. I love it so much. <laughs> um, okay, so these all tie together so beautifully, as I've already said, but the next fundamental is parasympathetic activity. So essentially, I know that's a big word and it might be unfamiliar to some listeners, but are you doing things that bring you into a calm and relaxed state on a daily basis? Now, I know we all have very busy lives and we all have many different priorities and different people we're serving. So I'm not saying that you need to spend hours every single day like in this Zen state, but to give like a little breakdown and Sue, feel free to chime in here because I'll speak to it at a very high level, but we have in our central nervous system, we have our sympathetic nervous system branch, if you will, and then our parasympathetic nervous system branch. And the sympathetic nervous system controls hormones like cortisol and adrenaline, and that's essentially our fight or flight state. So when we become stressed as a human and those um, stress hormones are pumping through our blood, our heart rate becomes beating faster, our blood is pumping more quickly through our system, and stress to a degree can be really beneficial. Um, it can help with growth, um, and it is good for us overall, but in acute ways. And unfortunately, a lot of people in our society are sympathetic dominant, so that means that they're living in that stressed like chemical state the majority of the time, and that wreaks a lot of havoc on our bodies. We want to be parasympathetic dominant. And so it is important to understand what things can bring us into that parasympathetic state and then to try and weave that into our daily routines. So this might be a focus area for a client if they are always on the go. Maybe they rarely take time for themselves, even if it's like 10 or 20 minutes here and there. Uh, maybe somebody always feels kind of wired or their heart and mind is racing, um, or they always feel this like looming pressure to be doing something um, productive or social, and they rarely just sort of sit and embrace calm or like be in the present. Um, so I don't know if you want to add anything to that, Sue, but it's a big one as well. Yes. So as Courtney said, when you're in that sympathetic dominant, you're in that fight or flight. And then when you're parasympathetic dominant, you're going to be in that rest and digest. So I am going to circle it back one more time to digestion. If you're having a really hard time with digestion, when you're in that fight or flight, when you're in that sympathetic, that is going to put you in a place where it's pulling blood away from your digestive tract because you have to think about your body that it basically has a priority list of, hey, these functions need to have priority for us to keep living. And then there's a descending list of these don't have as much priority because we can live without them or temporarily live without them. And so even when you sleep, there are systems in your body that kind of go into their own little sleep state of, hey, we're not going to be going full blast because there's not really a reason to. So that's the reason that 
that we talk about eating and finishing your food about two hours before you go to bed because your digestive system when you sleep is in their little sleeping zone too. And so when we're in that fight or flight, it's pulling blood away from your digestive tract and people live constantly in that fight or flight and then they have chronic digestive issues. So it might not even be what you're eating. It definitely could be, but it could be because you're in this stress state all the time and you don't have to do something fancy to get into this parasympathetic state. And we are going to talk about that in part two. So we're going to go into what we would do to address these to really integrate them into your life and how to apply these to your life. So I don't want to give away too much, but I will say that it's not going to be anything too fancy. It is just going to be prioritizing it because it is important. Exactly. Hey guys, if you're listening to this and learning a lot, I absolutely love to hear it, but maybe you feel like you can't apply it perfectly. No worries. We got an app for that. Go ahead and check the show notes or the description box, and there will be a link to go and check out the Physique Development Training Club. This is an app that is going to give you exactly what you need to progress within training with three, four, and five-day splits, as well as home and gym options, complete with a timer in there, videos to the training, and everything else you need to be successful. So can't wait to hear how much you love it. So another big fundamental is recovery from training. And we kind of grazed through this and some of these other fundamentals, but are you recovering adequately from your training sessions by means of sleep, by means of food, uh, by means of meat or a little bit of like general movement, and also by means of rest days from your training session. So this would be a focus area if a client is often really sore after their workouts, or maybe there's somebody who works out for three or more days consecutively every single week. Maybe there's someone who works out six or seven days per week on a regular basis. Um, or someone who is struggling to see progress even though they're working really hard or someone who always feels like sort of tired or beat up by the end of the day or the end of the week. Maybe somebody whose sleep is suffering. If your volume is more than you can tolerate from your training session, this can actually impact your ability to fall and stay asleep. And then this could also be a focus area for someone who isn't prioritizing their protein and carbs pre and post workout. And we can get into like nitty gritties another time, but Essentially, you need an adequate amount of carbohydrates and protein primarily in your meals closest to your training session to jumpstart your recovery and then also to like bring your recovery home and maximize the work and the effort and potentially like the intentional damage that you exuded on your system during the training. Yeah. I mean, you want to train hard, recover harder, and you can only grow from what you can recover from. So you do want to always think about how can I prioritize that, especially if you do have a physique-driven goal and an aesthetic-driven goal of really being able to think about how can I continue to improve on this? Oh, it's taking care of myself instead of driving myself into the ground. No one wants that. <laughs> and honestly, recovery is another efficiency play. Like if you are not taking the time to recover properly, you're only going to prolong those feelings of soreness or fatigue or like being off with your digestion, your mood, your energy. Whereas if you recover properly, you're going to get back into the gym and be able to perform at a higher level more quickly, which is always what we want. Now, the next two fundamentals are... Um, somewhat tied. Uh, so time management and then stress management. Now with time management, maybe you are someone who struggles with feeling 
out of control during your day, or you're overwhelmed by your to-dos, you're a little distracted or unable to focus and be in the present. Uh, maybe you're unable to like be as quote unquote productive as you want to be, or you feel like the days kind of come and go, um, but you're struggling to fit in your biggest priorities. So for this, um, I have had clients who feel like life is kind of happening to them, um, or maybe they lack consistency in their ability to accomplish their biggest priorities day after day. I've also seen this be the case if clients come to me feeling a little bit anxious um, or they like lack a plan or a routine. And the more and more I coach, the more and more I realize how critical it is. And it is underrated, I think, to actually take a look at someone's daily schedule and identify how they're spending their time kind of hour by hour to help them recognize, oh, this is an opportunity to lump some tasks. This is an opportunity to try and stay away from my phone so I can have a lot more focused time during the work and be like dedicated and in the zone. Um, this is an opportunity where I actually could like go to the gym for a 30 minute workout or go for a walk because because it's going to serve me to give myself a little break from staring at a screen, whatever. So time management goes a long way. And this is something that um, I think some people overlook or they'll be like, yeah, like I'm busy, but I'm organized. And it's like sometimes having another perspective, looking at your day to day can help illuminate some opportunities to make changes that might feel better for you. I mean, being aware of what is coming next in your day. There's plenty of days that I've gone into that I'm like, flying by the seat of my pants. I'm like, oh, this day is just kind of, like Courtney said, happening to me. And there's times where if I can just take a little bit of time from the day before or a little bit of time from the morning, I like to do it the day before so then my sleep can be the best so then I'm not worrying about what I got to do in the morning. But just making a game plan to attack it. I mean, anyone who is trying to be elite at what they're doing, let's take a professional uh, football player. They're not going in being like, well, I didn't look at the game plan. I don't even know what we're doing. We didn't make a game plan. We thought we'd just wing it because we're good. They're likely not going to win when they're just winging it. And so being able to think, what is my game plan for the day? I don't want to wing it. I want to win it. And being able to have that perspective can drastically change your days, even if you're still getting a hold of time management and what it means to you and you're still figuring out efficiency. Just taking that little bit of time can really set you up to win that day time and time again. I love that. Win the day for sure. Now, what I was going to say sometimes overlaps with time management is stress management. So are you somebody who feels a heavy weight of stress on a regular basis? Um, are you aware of the specific things actually causing you that stress? And do you have people or resources or plans in place to help you manage or eliminate or work through some of the stress? And so this might be a focus area if a client hasn't taken time to sort of reflect and identify the different sources of stress they're experiencing, and then spend some time to articulate the best response for each stress. So like, for example, some stress we can eliminate, like it's something that we just need to get out of our head, put it on paper, um, realize the weight of it, the impact of it. Maybe we just need to have a conversation um, and then that stress will go away. So some we can eliminate, some we can create a plan to work through, some um, we might need support from friends or a family or professionals 
to process. Um, so actually identifying the stresses and then kind of creating a plan for how to manage them and deal with them actively is extremely helpful. Yep. What gets measured gets managed. So if you don't even know the amount of times that people ask me like, oh, how are you doing? And it's just like innately to say like, oh, I'm good, but stressed. And if you take a second and really reflect, sometimes I have to catch myself on times that I'm not stressed. It's just like a response that we have. And then it's on you of, I have all of this stress. Or you might need to sit down and think about what am I stressed about? What can I do about it? And what can I like show up for for myself to make sure that I'm not putting unnecessary burden on myself? Yes. And I will say Coach Caleb and Sue recorded a phenomenal podcast all about stress management. Of course, it is so good. So I recommend if you haven't, um, scroll down a few weeks worth of podcasts and you will see that. It'll be linked in the show notes. So you can just (laughs) go to the show notes and click on it and it'll be right there. Perfect. Okay, just a few more here. Um, So sleep quality and quantity. Are you sleeping for seven or more hours a night, ideally straight through the night and feeling rested upon waking? Now, depending on your stage of life and like who you are and your roles in life, this might sound like ridiculous. For example, if you are a new mother um, or new father, I understand that this um, isn't always the case or isn't always feasible. But I like to share this because it's a good goal to reach for when your season of life allows for it. And it's important to understand that this is like, there's so much research and literature to support the fact that most adults need at least seven hours of sleep and ideally where that's uninterrupted to feel rested upon waking and to support all of the necessary um, benefits and processes that our body is going through while we are sleeping deeply. So this, of course, would be a focus area for a client if they're regularly sleeping less than seven hours, maybe they're waking up often throughout the night, or they feel like really tired despite having slept long enough, quote unquote, while when they wake up. Um, Or maybe this is good for somebody to focus on if they've never taken a step back and really evaluated their nighttime routine, like how they're spending those one or two hours before bed, um, or like their sleep environment as a whole, like if they're setting themselves up for a deep and successful sleep. I really can't state enough about sleep. You know, they say like, you're not you when you're hungry. That would be like, Sue's not Sue when she has not gotten her sleep. I would have to think of something a little bit more... um, catchy, but it's it's something with Sue and sleep. They just, if I don't get it, everyone knows, including myself, and has been such a game changer to just really prioritize and increase the quality of my life as a whole. Mm-hmm. It is also underrated. Um, and my friends also know this, like I will put my sleep before other things. So once you make that change and embrace it, personally, uh, I recommend just like getting your people on board being like, look, this is the new me. And I appreciate your support in this journey. Yes, literally. Yeah. All right. And then the last two I want to talk about are related to our exercise. So, um, the first is like weight training. Are you following an intelligent weight training program? And by that, I mean, are there specifically manipulated training variables like the volume? So the rests and the sets that you are completing, um, the tempo, the rest periods, 
is the program designed to create a certain stimulus in your body to drive a certain adaptation? And also with that, are you working on your exercise execution? Um, so this might be a focus area with a client if maybe they've been doing the same exact sort of exercise or class for a while and initially they saw results, but then they're starting to slow in the results or maybe even reach a plateau. Maybe um, someone's doing tons of cardio, but little to no resistance training, and they're not achieving the body composition that they want to achieve. Um, maybe they're lifting weights, but they lack a plan or structure, and or they don't really um, feel super confident in their exercise execution, or like they've been self-taught their whole life, um, or they don't understand like what muscle they're biasing in each movement. Or maybe somebody isn't as aware of um, the impact that certain, you know, training volume or tempo or rest periods or load can actually have on the adaptations that they're driving in the body and how important it is to change the stimulus you're placing on your body over time. And then lastly, performance-related goals. So this is essentially asking, are you focusing on measures of progress in your fitness journey beyond just how you look or the number on the scale? And so obviously this would be a focus area if somebody has never really focused on much in their fitness journey besides you know, their weight on the scale or how they look in the mirror. Also, this could be um, something to focus on if a client is feeling a little bit exhausted or drained mentally, physically, emotionally, et cetera, or in a place where fitness has become more of a chore. So I think it's important to give examples of what different performance-related goals could be. And there are so many metrics to indicate that you are progressing and improving in your fitness journey um, beyond just what your weight says on the scale or how you look. So for example, um, we want to know how comfortable and fluid you are as you move through an exercise, how gassed or how tired you feel at the end of a workout this week compared to how tired you felt at the end of that same workout the week prior. Um, the amount of weight that you are able to use is more of an obvious one. Your ability to breathe properly, like from your diaphragm, and with that, maintain a neutral spine and contract your core appropriately as you're performing an exercise. Your ability to stay controlled and adhere to tempo when you're moving through the entire range of motion of an exercise. Your ability to adhere to rest periods, whether they are short or long. How energized you feel on a daily basis and like your endurance uh, on a grand scale, not just during training. Your hunger cues and your appetite regularity is a big one. Your digestive health, as we mentioned. Um, another way to progress is your peace of mind and your relationship with your body and with food and with exercise and how you perceive those. Um, your mentality when it comes to handling days or weeks that are a little out of routine or when things don't go according to plan. Your trust in your body and awareness when you need rest and recovery versus pushing more in the gym, your ability to manage stress, your ability to manage your time, the list goes on. But I think you get a good understanding of these are all things we as coaches really evaluate and look for in our clients on a weekly basis um, because we are likely progressing in many of these ways as well as making changes to our physique and how we look um, or the weight on the scale depending on your goals. But um, 
as coaches, we try and identify the gaps in all of these fundamentals. And ultimately, it's our mission to help you work to fill those gaps over time in ways that actually align with your needs and your goals. And as we've said, we just want you to feel better and to feel better for the rest of your life. So I like to think about our job as coaches in um, essentially helping you realize what you are capable of and then guiding you to living into that potential. I absolutely love that and obviously agree with it because it is our mission as a team um, within physique development. But I'm so glad that Courtney was able to join us again on the podcast. And like I said earlier, there will be a part two. We don't want to just tell you everything that is important and then not tell you how to implement it or how to make that change. So um, if you were listening to this, then I hope that you are able to kind of bookmark some little nuggets for yourself of things that you're you're thinking, all right, when the next one comes out, I really want to hear about these few that I know need to be a priority in my life. And Courtney will be back on and we'll go ahead and show you how to make that change um, and how to get these results. Um, and if you're interested in working with Courtney after you've heard her passion as a coach, then her inquiry link will be in the bio, um, in the bio, <laughs> Her inquiry link will be in the show notes, so you can definitely go click it, as well as her Instagram, so you can see more of the great information that she shares. But thank you again, Courtney, so much for joining us and sharing such valuable information. And we'll be back to share some more fundamentals. Hey, guys, Austin here. Thank you again for listening into the episode. It means a lot. If you can please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave the podcast a five-star review. This does help us grow and be found by others. Also, just wanted to mention, if you guys are interested in free education based around training and nutrition, be sure to check out physiquedevelopment.com backslash free education, where you will find free downloads, videos, articles, etc. No strings attached. Again, thank you. Chat soon.